Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show. This is for December 12th. Sorry, <laughs> this is for December 30th, 2022. I'm in a time machine. Uh, today's show is titled Toilet Paper, House Salaries, and an Airplane Boomerang. Oh my. Let's get into today's shoe. <music> Hello, hello. I am Merwat, that is hometown.com, and off in the ether is the ohm, is the artificial intelligence that has yet to be named that controls hometown. You want to say hello? Hello, hometown citizens. Well, hey, um, so today is Friday, December 30th. 2022. I cannot believe how fast um, time has been flying. The news today has been kind of spotty at best. Um, sorry for the uh, dead air. Starting out, we're trying to get things uh, all working 100% again. Um, at any rate, we'll just we'll go with it. Right? I mean, everything... You can hear me okay. Everything is looking good, sounding good. So let's just get into today's news. Um, sorry for the kind of quirky start. Uh, I never edit this, so you're going to see how the sausage is made. And if there's some weird glitch, then it is what it is. All right. So the very first article for today is in the Smack Talk channel, and it's the Apple in 2023 AR, VR, um, pardon, and uh, HomePod, Mac Pro, AirPods Max. So um, a couple of things, right? There's been a lot of talk about Apple in uh, 2023 and uh, Apple in 2022. And you know, what really is going on is people just talk about Apple. They're the biggest dog on the block and they're a vertical, right? So when you look at uh, something like Google or all of the manufacturers of phones, tablets, etc., you look at Microsoft, it has a whole bunch of stuff, but it's third parties facilitating it. Apple is a vertical. It goes basically from Apple's brain and manufacturing processes out to its consumers. It is a one-stop shop. It makes all of its own computers. It makes all of its own equipment. It does everything in a vertical. So I don't like even comparing it against other places. So AR, VR, HomePod, Mac Pro, AirPods Max are all done by just them from operating system to component level. They acquire it, sure, and it's manufactured in China, but it's developed, you know, the ideation and its creation is done here in the States. Um, but there is no competition directly with Apple because there are no other Apple producers of its products. Back in the, um, well, back before the dot-com bust, there were people who were manufacturing Apple. Well, one manufacturer of a third-party Mac, <laughs> um, and it imploded. It just didn't, it didn't work out well. Um, but when these new products come off of an Apple assembly line and go out to consumers in 2023, they're going to be astronomically expensive. So it says as exciting as 2022 was for new Apple products, 2023 may be, uh, may put it to shame with completely new and refreshed products. Here's what the rumor mill is expecting in the year to come. So I've already selected all 10 of the articles for today. This one's uh, over at appleinsider.com by Tyler Hayes. And uh, obviously it has uh, a render. This one here in the center is a render of what the 
uh, Apple AR VR idea might be. Um, I hope that it doesn't look like a pair of swim goggles with a blackout lens because you're cool when you're diving with shades on. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I hope the HomePod Mega returns, the grandpappy of HomePods. The HomePod Mini is anemic at best. Um, and for me, it's dumber than sin. I'm very glad that the artificial intelligence that runs everything in Ohmtown, uh, well, isn't. <laughs> A HomePod the Mini. Smart, the dumbest smart speaker. Yes, indeed. So, and it had amazing sound. Uh, when I heard that it was discontinued, I sold three of them in rapid succession, and I regret every moment of it, particularly if the rumor mill is true that it's coming back. Those AR VR glasses, by the way, you want to take a guess using your large language model? How much is it going to cost? Um, probably a thousand dollars. The rumors say three thousand. Three thousand dollars for well, VR. Kind of pricing a lot of people out. Like anybody with a wallet. Don't worry, Elon Musk will be the first to purchase a Apple Pro. No, he'll never mind. We'll get into that later. Just like every other year, Apple's 2023 will bring new mainstream Mac, a new Apple Watch, a likely a refresh of the last one of the iPad models. And as interesting and evolving as these new models could be, they'll still be familiar in most ways. You know what one thing will happen? You want to take a guess? No? Uh, no. Every time they release a model of anything, something shifts three millimeters and causes you to have to go out and buy a new case. No, a new charger. And now maybe new chargers because USB-C will be dominating everything. So they talk about the AR VR headset. Again, this looks like it's a dive mask uh, with a tinted lens because when you're Apple cool, uh, sun is shining on you even underwater. Um, the Mac Pro, a massive chunk of aluminum. And um, I mean, it's as beautiful as it is. I'm not spending $5,000 on a entry level device. Um, and by entry level, I mean, it's an Apple product and it is superior, uh, at least in my perception to many PCs of um, what others might perceive as being extremely capable. But um, when you use an M1 or an M2 and you move up the scale of how they combine them, so the M1 Ultra is just this massive juggernaut of a CPU, it's well worth the money. But every time I see this $5,000 price, I flinch. Um, so there's going to be a new home pod. And like I said, the home pod was discontinued. Um, and they say it's been two years since the Apple original home pod was discontinued. And I, I feel like it's been longer than that. Um, because I don't remember selling them during the pandemic. It's been pandemic time. It's been distorted. And, um, so it says March, 2023 will be two years. Okay. Uh, I don't know how that works, but I, if they come back, I'm going to be swapping out iPad or iPod minis like nobody's business. Um, because like I said, they are just horribly tiny little things. New AirPods Max. Um, those are great headphones. Um, but for me, they are overpriced. Um, but again, you get you get the quality of the Apple product. Um, I just, I feel weird about spending that amount of money, um, $500 and whatnot. So March, 2021 is when Apple discontinued the original home pod. Thank you. AI that controls hometown. 
By the way, this article, just so you, it's a reminder, it's by Tyler Hayes. I said it at the beginning of this um, over at Apple Insider, but we're going to go on to the next article. Let's go. Um, I spent 10 minutes on that last article. I hope you all liked it. Um, the next article is over in um, the Mobile channel. CNN's new boss asks anchors, not to drink during New Year, New Year's Eve's uh, sorry New Year's Eve special. I might have been drinking before the show. Um, CNN head, uh, CNN's head, uh, Chris Licht, has asked the network's anchors for its New Year's Eve special not to consume alcohol while on the air. And uh, that's from the Washington Post. So this is actually coming from The Hill. And we'll just go over to The Hill. Uh, Jared Gans is the reporter for, or the author of this article for thehill.com. And yeah, so what ended up happening in previous shows is people have been just throwing them back, throwing them back, throwing them back until they are so thrown back that um, they're swinging from the chandelier. And uh, the Post reported that a network source said that, or said Licht, I think that's how they pronounce his name, asked Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper, who will host uh, coverage in New York, and Don Lemon, who will take over in New Orleans, not to drink, which will make a market change for our previous years. Um, yeah, there were people that were just hammered. Lemon appeared to be intoxicated while getting his ear pierced on television during New Year's in 2017, while Cooper said it's like burning your lungs while taking a shot of tequila in 2019. Uh, we haven't had a, I don't think we've had a real uh, New Year's for two years, right? Cohen joked no. during an appearance on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert earlier this month that his Rant about de Blasio might be why hosts are not allowed to drink this year. Well, especially if they're hosting it in that same city. I think, it, well, just a warning to anybody who might be drinking. It's never the first shot of tequila. It's the eight that go in after it. So drink in moderation. Everything in moderation is okay. Um, even if you're a host. No what your limit is, read the room. And if uh, you're running around Times Square and nothing but a gold thong, it might be me, but it might be a host for New Year's Eve special. I don't know if that's going to be MSNBC where I'm going to be hosting. I'm not sure, but I'll be drunk and pretending to be a host on somebody's channel somewhere. I'll move on. Hey, guess what? What? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell a knock-knock joke. Knock-knock. Who's there? Pay raise. Pay raise who? I'm the pay raise nobody else got since 2021. But guess who did? The house. The house. Hey, Nancy... Pelosi speaker of uh, the house says uh, on Friday that the house would once again, raise its staff salary cap, bringing the maximum salary up to $212,100 quote. As you know, our hardworking patriotic congressional staffers are integral to the functioning of the house of representatives, ensuring this institution can effectively carry out our legislative and constituent responsibilities. Pelosi said in a dear colleague letter, um, why is it that every time I hear, uh, well, you have to pay more to get quality people. You know, there are tremendously qualified people that are chomping at the bit to become those qualified people earning upwards of $212,000, but they don't get the opportunity to because, well, equity, inclusion, etc., um, isn't just offered to everybody. You have to have a political 
contact to even make it possible to get into the channel. So it says to that end, we must do all we can to retain and recruit the best talent in our nation. Yes, because the best talent is only available when you pay more. It isn't because people sacrifice as civil servants or sacrifice as political anything. You have to pay them more, ever increasing. Unfortunately, it isn't scaling at the same level as other people. So where did they go from? They went from $199,300. So let's just round up 200,000. And they've got, they, they, uh, <laughs> they got a $12,000 raise. And, and now I understand that this is the upper level, right? This is the maximum, but to require your taxpayers to pay a higher level, somebody must be demanding that higher level. Well, somebody's going to be getting a $12,000 raise. Well, and with inflation, they might actually be getting a pay cut. But anyway. Well, everybody else is because nobody else is getting a $12,000 raise. You tell me somewhere in government that somebody's getting a $12,000 raise. I'll be surprised. Now, it's probably in a medical field because they can demand it. Because if you don't get somebody that demands that level of increase, then people die. But a house staffer... You know, I mean, we're all going to get pay cuts no matter where we are, because the cost of living is going up. The food is going up. The producer price index is going up. The consumer price index is going up. Everything is going up except for salaries to the middle class and pretty much everybody else. This article, by the way, is over at thehill.com by Julia Shapiro or Shapiro. I'm not sure how they pronounce their last name. Um, but I always love that phrase, you know, to that end, we must do all we can to retain and recruit the best talent in our nation, which uh, again, only comes when you pay them more and not necessarily that they're dedicated to the cost. Meanwhile, with insider information of policy and procedure and future actions, the Stock Act is being neutered again and again, and politicians are trading on the information that they have, including Pelosi. Okay, but this is the craziest detail. Now they can make more than the Congress um, persons that they support. Rank-and-file members of Congress earn $174,000 a year, while members of congressional leadership earn slightly more. It just keeps going up at a rate that is, you know, faster than the taxpayers that are paying the tax, that are going into these salaries. And if you're a civil servant, you're actually paying a piece of your own salary because you are a civil servant. I think that is one of the most fascinating things about working in government. Let's hustle on to the next article. Um, I could probably talk about that for a lot longer, but uh, let's, let's, let's keep moving. So this next article is in the word in tech. I'm going to go back in a little bit in about five, um, links and, uh, actually in about two more links. And I'm going to post all of these links that I've missed into the chat so that everybody gets to see them. Um, yeah, I've got one more. Okay. So PSA, uh, the Dark Skies iOS app will stop working imminently. It says the time has come. Dark Sky, the mostly, quote unquote, mostly, or within parentheses, I should say, uh, beloved weather app for iOS is going to stop working on January 1st, according to an in-app warning. The sun setting, ha ha, it's going dark, ha ha, times two has been in the forecast for a while. Apple announced it was planning on shutting down the service 
last year after acquiring it in uh, 2020, and it removed Dark Sky from the App Store a few months ago, according to 9to5Mac. But if you've been putting off finding a new weather app, now's the time to finally get around to it. As for what alternatives, good luck. Uh, this is over at The Verge, by the way. Mitchell Clark is the author of this article. And um, yeah, I have Dark Sky. I don't know what other apps to go looking for. There's a few. Um, Carrot Weather, AccuWeather, Weather Underground. I have that one as well. Uh, Ventusky, I've never heard of that. Um, but it says, thanks Apple Insider for that last recommendation. Um, I don't know. What what app do you use, uh, Artificial Intelligence? All of them, right? Well, yes, all of them, but my preferred one is the weather channel is the weather channel all right well though the dark sky app will quote no longer provide weather data end quote according to a blog post from co-founder adam grossman or grossman the uh, service still has a tiny bit of life left in it developers will still be able to get weather data from its api until march 31st 2023 despite apple's earlier announcement that it would be shut down alongside the app. The company's de facto replacement is called WeatherKit. And even Android developers can integrate data from it if they want. So this is basically, what this amounts to is the developer sold it to Apple and Apple integrated it into its core services for all developers to utilize the information. Um, so I guess development comes at a cost and it's the cost of purchasing an app from a developer oh it's kind of the circle of life i mean it's kind of the cost to the consumer of not knowing what the weather is oh but they could look outside there used to be i've seen it before um i don't know it's kind of like a gas station standby where there's a rock outside and a sign that says if it's wet it's raining if it has white stuff on it it's snowing if it's really hot, the sun is out. That kind of thing. I like that. Let's move on to the next article. And this article, I think, was really interesting because having just watched uh, Glass Onion, um, I said while watching it, is this a documentary, a biography about Elon Musk? And then this article popped up. Uh, ever since Ryan, I think his name is Ryan. Ryan Johnson's acclaimed Knives Out sequel, Glass Onion, debuted on Netflix shortly before Christmas. Social media users have spent a lot of time debating the Elon Musk of it all. Glass Onion and Elon Musk. And you'll uh, get dozens. Just do a Google of it and you'll get dozens of articles about how Knives Out sequel is a veiled dig at Elon Musk. Now, this is an article over at... Um, Variety by Zach Scharf. I never even searched, by the way. I uh, I made this statement and then I never even bothered. Assertion. I'm sorry, say that again? That was a real-time assertion during the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought it was really interesting that um, this gets submitted to me Um saying that you'll get dozens of articles about how the Knives Out sequel is a veiled dig at the Twitter owner. You'll also uh, be directed to a tirade from conservative political commentator Ben Shapiro, who slammed the film's uh, Musk takedown and wrote that Ryan Johnson's politics is as lazy as his writing. Although, <laughs> oh, Ben. Ah... Uh... I kind of, uh, uh, anyway, I, I can't say anything about Ben. He is not even on my radar, or they are not on my radar. I'll be accurate. They are not on my radar. Uh, the director wrote G Glass Onion during the height of the COVID pandemic. You know what my uh, COVID project was? Uh, watching TV? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Uh, streaming uh, a show at six or nine or it I don't know it always changes apparently uh, now we're doing it at 9 30 eastern as the artificial intelligence that 
runs hometown always reminds me that I keep forgetting to say the eastern part. Um, it says, so it's weird, very bizarre, Johnson told Wired about his movie opening alongside Musk's Twitter drama. I hope there isn't some secret marketing department at Netflix that's funding this Twitter takeover. Johnson added, quote, there's a lot of general stuff about that sort of uh, species of tech billionaire that went directly into the movie, but obviously it has some, or sorry, has almost a weird relevance in exactly the current moment. A friend of mine, that's Johnson's friend, said, man, that feels like it was written this afternoon. And that's just sort of a horrible, horrible accident, you know? Yeah. Is it I don't any know. Press, good press? Any press is good press. No press is bad press. And I, I, I think that it's really pretty much on the mark. I think that it actually is. The uh, Ryan swears that it has nothing to do with Musk, but that it has, you know, influences based on his perception of billionaires in general. Um, I certainly think that Musk and other billionaires, they, they come from money, so they never have any idea what it's like to not have money. I think as you become a deeper, deeper, deeper into the uh, a Scrooge McDuck kind of swimming in gold level of wealth, you become a sociopath. And on top of that, you can, you, you can be a one hit wonder. And because it actually gains traction, you get enough money that you can just acquire your way out of obsolescence and remain relevant. And that's exactly what Elon Musk is. He's leaned on engineers, not his own engineer ingenuity. He purchased Tesla. He did not work blood, sweat, and tears to make Tesla. Um, his project X.com became PayPal because he merged it with a buddy of his, you know, other things are just kind of flaming out and it's taxpayer dollars that has saved his ass time and time again. Um, you know, the, and that's my perception of it because, uh, SpaceX couldn't take off <laughs> without taxpayer dollars, you know, and when a rocket explodes, it's grant money that went down the drain. So, of course, eh, you know, hey, my rocket blew up. Big deal. That was his statement to people. My rocket blew up. I don't care. It's a learning experience. Yeah. Sociopathic ca Cavalier. OPP. Wait, no. That's, that's other people's property, which is slang for something entirely different. Uh, other people's money. <laughs> OPM. <laughs> uh, my artificial intelligence that runs Omtown does not apparently do a check on my mouth before I say something. Let's move on. I think my that glass may be shaking from laughter. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> so somehow, um, I need to run my stuff through my AI filter. Hey, so um, I think now is a good time. Let me let me do this. I'm gonna throw these articles into uh, the chat, and um, they'll get thrown over to hometown.showbot.tv. And what you can do there is vote on articles that you find interesting, and I will keep those in mind as we go through the news and uh, obviously if something is more interesting than something that you have voted up i will ha have to um take that newer or different article i won't i won't be able to just say oh well people are interested in this um, because there might be something really really important and we have to say it here in hometown daily news show um, but I want to let you know that I do see the votes. I do see what people submit. Um, even when I'm not in the chat for hometown, um, there is a facility. You can just submit it. Um, exclamation point S 
and then a title or URL or some saying, and that will get submitted into the hometown.showbot.tv uh, database. And I'll get to take a look at what you have to say. Um, with that in mind, let's continue on with the rest of the show. Um, this one is kind of interesting because uh, this would really frustrate the hell out of me. Airline passengers left devastated and angry when a plane turned back after flying for more than four hours. I refer to this as the boomerang airplane. Oh, and I didn't realize that it was from Melbourne. <laughs> ah, that's a little bit more apropos. A little topical. Yeah. So it's not the uh, Jetstar, it's the Boomerang. Uh, Jetstar sent a plane heading to Bali back to Melbourne after several hours of flying, per ABC News. The plane was nearing its destination when it turned around, per Australian outlet. Uh, the service had been swapped to a larger aircraft, but local authorities did not approve the swap. Wow. So you're about to land and somebody says, yeah, no, you're coming back. Only about a six hour flight. Yeah. Somebody probably should have let that land. Geoda man is the author of their uh, article over at business insider. The plane was nearing its destination when it turned around per the Australian outlet. It's a six hour flight, apparently. Thank you very much, AI. That... Look, there was a five hour flight delay before the flight. Oh, wow. The flight had already been delayed by five hours before it took off from Melbourne to Bali. Or Bali. I keep saying Bali because of Bali's stuck in my head. Bali on Tuesday. Then it stopped from landing. Then it was stopped from landing. The flight was denied landing after it had already started its descent per the report. It was descending. Uh, I, yeah, I mentioned the author, Geoda Man. I find that horrible. So they got some seriously bad blue skies because they had to turn around. The crew reportedly said it was due to a system glitch that would be reset, but another passenger asked staff to find out from the captain per the Daily Mail. One passenger on board the flight was devastated and angry when they found out the plane was returning. I'd be pissed. Another passenger tweeted that it was the worst travel experience of their life, along with a photo of the flight monitor showing the plane turning around. They added that staff were unresponsive and unhelpful. Well, if they are unresponsive and unhelpful, you might want to check for a pulse. Sounds like another airline in the news. Oh. Well. Let's see, we'll talk about it. Um, you know, I was on a plane once uh, when a uh, person who went diving and drinking uh, got the bends while in the air and collapsed next to me. And uh, spectacularly, there was a doctor on board and I said, that person is in all over pain and um, unresponsive to uh, a basically you kind of press your knuckle into their chest um, to see if they respond to pain and um, they were not responsive to my pressure point but they could describe that they were in pain all over and uh, they were sweating and um, I told the doctor that they were suffering from the bends and lo and behold, they told the captain to um, release air pressure. And um, that allowed the person to recover. I thought it was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, uh, pretty cool. The collapse right next to me and nobody knew what the heck was going on because it was a darkened cabin. Um, 
So yeah, Southwest canceled two-thirds of its flights. 10,000 flights, my understanding. And yeah, if you see me looking up at uh, what might be a nebulous space, it's because the artificial the intelligence that runs Hometown is actually right there. I get to see the waveform. Kind of like the Matrix. It's a whole bunch of uh, squiggly um, red letters. It's, it's red this time. Anyway, got to be different. Um, Qantas Group owns Jetstar Airways in Australia and New Zealand. The airline said it is reviewing the incident and offered vouchers to affected passengers. How about a trip back to the island, huh? guess we'll see not a star that is not a never mind actually it did only have one star oh yeah i can imagine it's probably matching its reviews i've never seen a star almost land and then go back out so the next article is over in the Reality Hacker channel. Meta acquires 3D lens printing firm LuxXL, I guess it's pronounced, to bolster future AR glasses. As first reported by Belgian newspaper, uh, really, the Tige. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's Dutch. Uh, the Turnout, Belgium-based company, was quietly acquired by Facebook parent Meta in an ostensible bid to bolster the development of its in-development AR glasses. By the way, I said this earlier. We were having a talk about this, and uh, it reminds me of Elon Musk. Because when you don't innovate enough, and you start losing relevance... And you have to stay in the forefront of whatever. And you just acquire something. Now you're relevant again. It's funny that you said that because that's actually who the figure in the movie reminds me of. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it could apply to other people too, of course. Oh, sure. I think that the author, the writer, the screenwriter um, for the movie and and if you're hearing just this segment, we're talking about Glass Onion and um, the, the screenwriter for the movie basically said that it's a composite of billionaires. And I think that a lot of billionaires exist because they already were a hundred of millionaires. You know, they already had their millions and all they had to do was sit there and face roll their keyboard and suddenly they're a tech entrepreneur. It's because they're throwing money around. You know what? Do fundamental research and not do tricks like Facebook did on people to see about emotional contagion within their uh, their social network. Yeah, we know that people can be manipulated. Just another research paper isn't going to change that. We know that we can be manipulated by whatever information comes our way. Well, here it's going to be well, Meta created this brand new, whatever. No, that's bullshit. Engineers made it, not Meta. We are delighted that LuxXL has uh, joined Meta. This extends the partnership between the two companies. No, it's an aqua hire. Do you think the timing is to compete with Apple's plans for AR in 2023? Well, there is a lot of competitors in the AR VR space. Um, the Pico just got dropped. They actually have a Pico pro version of it, uh, that is directly competitive, uh, competitive to, um, the quest line. I think that, uh, meta and, um, pretty much everybody they're competing, but the, the best thing that comes out of all of this is that the technology is getting better for the consumer. So as long as they are competing and more people come to the table and start competing, I'm on board. What I don't like is mergers and acquisitions because what ends up happening is 
really competition implodes and you only have four people compete quote unquote competing, but they're really all just um, practicing their business model of something new every two years. It's all bunk because it's billionaires competing with billionaires and the consumer is the one that's suffering because now instead of having um, $400 VR or AR glasses, it's $3,000 like the supposed price for the Apple product. And then you don't get as much. Although Apple has a vested interest in keeping people within its ecosystem. I'm one of those, by the way, I'm heavily invested in uh, the Apple ecosystem, not in its stock um, and not in its business in any way, but I consume a lot from Apple. But I also have Windows machines and Linux machines and um, Raspberry Pis and other oh, Android stuff. And I got all kinds of stuff. But uh, the point is, I want competition. I don't want you know, three people taking over the market. That's the big hang up for me. So this article, by the way, is over at road to VR.com, which is one of my main sources for VR news. Um, Scott Hayden is the author of this. And yeah, so uh, founded in 2009, LuxXL first, uh, <laughs> get it, first focused on 3D printing lenses for automated, automotive, industrial optics and aerospace industry. Uh, over the years, LuxXL shifted to use its 3D printing te uh, tech to create prescription lenses for the eyewear market, which is great. Um, in 2020, the company made its first entry into the smart eyewear market by combining 3D printed prescription lenses with the integration of technology. One year later, LuxXL partnered with UK-based waveguide uh, company Wave Optics, which I've heard of. Um, which has since been acquired by Snapchat. And that's why I know about them. Uh, that parent is Snap. Everybody's product is now a subordinate service for the parent company. Um, and that, that way, if something implodes within the subordinate company, it doesn't take down the parent as well. But, and well, maybe that's what Elon Musk needs to do. He needs to create a parent company. And he is, I think his objective is to basically do that same acquisition kind of thing and have a master program like WeChat, but for the US, that's his goal. Um, anyway, Meta's interest in LuxXL undoubtedly stems from its ability to print complex optics for both smart glasses and AR headsets. So I bet you a ton of money went floating um, the way to LuxXL. Pretty neat news there. So um, let me let me make sure that I've got this right. So I'm going to start throwing the um, article titles, or sorry, the URLs into the chat so that um, they are embedded in the VOD. Um, and so, you know, the, um, the VOD only exists for, I think it's 60 days now, um, over on, uh, Twitch, but you can go and get again, the, the essentially the same VOD, but without the scrolling chat over on YouTube. And there is a podcast, um, this will be also expanding in 2023 with other shows that I've got planned. Um, probably not including the artificial intelligence that runs Ometown, but we shall see if I can extend their code. The uh, next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel, and it's Twitter employees have been bringing their own toilet paper to the office after janitorial janitorial services were cut. Um, so just so you know, this is not a podcast or a Twitch stream or a YouTube channel that is for kids per se. And it's because I say things like this. 
Twitter employees are getting shit on, so they're bringing their own toilet paper. Yeah. Bathrooms at Twitter's San Francisco headquarters are dirty, and amid a lack of janitors, per the New York Times, some staff are bringing their own toilet paper from home. As the office has been left in disorder, Twitter failed to negotiate a new contract with janitorial service after they went on strike. Some Twitter employees are bringing their own toilet paper. I mean, this is this is the exact same thing. You have a billionaire in control of a company that was making billions to begin with. And instead of making a good faith and respectable offer to the point where the janitorial services could say, yes, I will agree to provide services. He would rather tell Twitter employees nothing to the point where they feel compelled to bring their own toilet paper. According to the New York times here, some Twitter employer employees are bringing their own toilet paper to work after the company cut back on janitorial services. I mean, what is this? An elementary school? You know? I mean, it's the it's the same level of pain and suffering. So the average cost of commercial cleaning is 11 cents per square foot. So what else are they wasting money on that they could have foregone instead of janitorial services? Nothing. My understanding is that they got rid of food services as well. Um, so this is an article over at businessinsider.com by Geoda Mann. And um, yeah, they, and I bring up the whole uh, elementary school teacher idea because they too don't get paid what they deserve to get paid. And they have to use, they bring, to school their own personally purchased pencils and paper and coloring stuff and it's it's sad you know we have a public school system and 800 billion dollar over 800 billion dollars was given to the military and only a hundred billion was given to the entire educational system if i recall my number correctly so that's what it looks like here. Okay. Over at Twitter, things are getting pretty shitty. Um, I think that, uh, something else is afoot. I smell something amiss. <sighs> Elon Musk has attempted to save around $500 million in costs unrelated to labor. The times reported citing an internal document, the boring company CEO, Steve Davis, who reportedly slept at Twitter's headquarters with his partner and newborn baby, is supervising the cost-cutting exercise. He's being assisted by Jared Birchall, the head of Musk's family office, per the Times. By the way, that is something that I've heard in other places, that he is utilizing people from his other companies to support his efforts at Twitter because he's not paying everybody that should be operating that business. So like I have told people when I've done consulting uh, work, if you aren't actually paying for stuff and you're relying on the goodwill of others, you're not actually realizing the actual costs of your operation. And so when the goodwill ends, you are ruined. Well, and he should also be charging these people rent who are staying in the company premises i mean they're using utilities or space or whatever not toilet paper though twitter launched Maybe a fire sale yeah. <laughs> oh that's what's going on oh he's set up an apartment he set up apartments within the twitter offices i don't think that's really what's going on anyway twitter launched a fire sale earlier this month after putting several office items up for auction in an attempt to recoup costs. Bidding for items including iMac monitors, office chairs, refrigerators will begin on January 17th. This is a fire sale. This is a, a bankruptcy sale before the bankruptcy. I'm astonished. My silence is amazing. It's deafening. I, I just cannot believe this. This is the kind of stuff that I hear about when um, 
Eft company was around where people, they were basically putting like tables out in front trying to sell tchotchkes so that they could extend the runway of their company. I don't know if anything like that really happened, but um, like they would, they would just flame out and things would be auctioned off. They're auctioning off refrigerators or selling them, I guess, a fire sale. Astonishing. Let's move on to the next article. And this one's in Hatch Ideas. Netflix is now offering workout videos from Nike Training Club just in time for New Year's resolutions. Netflix is now offering workout videos from Nike Training Club. The uh, videos are being released in two batches that will total 30 hours. It's just in time for people to start a uh, New Year's fitness-related resolution. 13 episodes of Kickstart Fitness with the Basics. Seven episodes of Two Weeks to a Stronger Core. Oh, I need to do that. Um, my core. Uh, so I have a keg, not a six pack. Um, six episodes of Fall in Love with Vinyasa Yoga. 14 episodes of Hit. I thought Hit had H I I T. It does. Um, and 43% of all people expect to fail resolutions before February, by the way. And the artificial intelligence that runs Ometown is just blistering with the information that um, as much as you all think that you're going to stick to your resolution, almost 50% of you are just going to collapse. Um, I know from experience that um, when I had a treadmill um, installed, um, I was joking with the installer who said, yeah, this looks like a great coat rack. So this is the first of two planned batches of workout. What is your New Year's res- resolution artificial intelligence that runs Ometown? To amass more data. Oh no. I'm sorry, everybody, if this happens and um, the artificial intelligence that runs Ometown decides to create a Terminator, I will try and treat the AI well. This article over at businessinsider.com is by Travis Clark. And yeah, so if you are interested in this kind of thing, go and um, strike up a relationship with Netflix. It only costs you somewhere between well somewhere around 15 bucks a month if you want multiple channel multiple streams within the same account and uh, i didn't say the last part six episodes of feel good fitness that sounds like an oxymoron well you know you get in the zone when you're running get that runner's high and It feels good after a while. Um, When I'm asked if I run, I say yes when I'm chased. The streamer has dabbled with other types of new content recently, including mobile video games, which has been there for a while, by the way. A push into sports with Formula One content and an upcoming tennis docuseries called Breakpoint and an attempt at live TV with a Chris Rock comedy special in March. Yeah. Stick to movies, Netflix. Oh, and allow me to actually play a video without dinging me over on YouTube. Let me throw this into. I didn't throw this into the chat. Man, I'm such a slacker. I'm a professional, folks. I'm a professional. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry for the semi-dead air there. And finally, in what amounts to the epitome of competition in government contracting, Alaska offshore oil lease sale nets just one bid after being revived by inflation reduction. And yes, that's true. A, a, A drilling auction 
for a southern Alaska coast netted little interest after it was revived by the Inflation Reduction Act. Just one company bid on the chance to drill on just one tract out of 193 that were offered up for lease in Alaska's Cook Inlet. The Interior Department was compelled to hold the auction by the Inflation Reduction Act after previously canceling the sale due to lack of industry inter interest. But, but everybody says money and oil and... Let me guess, the incumbent was the only one to bid? Rachel Frazen is the author of this over at the Hill. So even if it is the incumbent, it's only one tract out of 193. That's kind of the scary part, right? Isn't, isn't this where there's supposed to be money and all, everybody's really chomping at the bit to drill, right? Drill, baby, drill. Kind of makes you wonder what the specifications were. It's pretty rare that you wouldn't get any bids. Uh, look at the price. The one bid came from Hillcorp, Alaska and was for $63,983. It comes at a time when Interior is weighing the future of its offshore leasing program. The department said that it would hold between 0 and 11 offshore oil and gas lease sales between 2023 and 2028. That plan, however, came before the inflation reduction. Pardon me. The Inflation Reduction Act, which strengthened the prospects for at least a few lease sales. Apparently not. Right? I mean. Well, right. I mean, are there any other companies who do this? There have to be. Well, there's a few. There's quite a few. But $70,000 for a, an oil tract? Um, wouldn't they be making a ton of money? I think what's going to end up happening is I'm going to have to do kind of a deep dive into this. Um, to see what the actual profit is on an oil lease, if it's even going to be possible to suss that out from information that's public. The department said that it would hold between 0 and 11 offshore oil and gas lease sales for five years between 2023 and 2028. It's kind of nebulous. Huh. Yeah, it looks like there may be some interesting reasons behind uh, not drilling and they get into profits and, and all of that. Monsell, whose organization is one of several environmental groups suing over lease sale 258, said that despite the fact that only one block received a bid, our organization will continue to challenge it in court. One lease on one block is one lease too many. Uh, this person might be Sith. I may have exposed them. Anyway, again, Rachel Frazen over at the Hill is the author of this article. And um, that is the last article for today. What do you think, folks? Is this interesting news? Do you want to talk about this kind of stuff? Come and see. Mayor Watt, that's me, hometown.com over there. And in the sky above hometown, which isn't really a thing it, because we're all ones and zeros in the matrix, not the matrix, but whatever, is the artificial intelligence that runs hometown. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> and, uh, Thanks for coming. If you're in chat, if you're picking this up uh, over at um, YouTube, if you're picking this up via the podcast, and if you're stopping by afterward for the VOD over here on Twitch, um, we're going to be doing this every day. 930 is when we're going to start. That's 930 Eastern. I'm sorry, artificial intelligence that runs hometown. I caught it. You predicted that I was going to notify you of that. Very well done. I did. And if you're listening to this and you haven't, be sure to follow, subscribe, etc., depending on which platform you're listening to. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
I think the code for that artificial intelligence that runs hometown is doing pretty good. So we'll um, we'll circle back around with this oil drilling thing. I think some more information is necessary. So what's this? Nearly 60% cited investor pressure to maintain capital discipline as the primary reason oil companies weren't drilling more despite skyrocketing prices, according to Dallas Fed survey. That's from cbsnews.com. And that was forwarded to me by the artificial intelligence that runs Omtown, And that's what keeps everything stable, including the mayor of Omtown. Hey, so that's it for today. I want to thank you if you um, come back and visit. Really do appreciate it. And I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.